0: everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Resilient and Real. Today's special guest is Trasina Edwards, DBH's nurse manager. Hi, Trasina. Hi, Amara. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. So can you tell our listeners a little bit more about what you do here at DBH?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I am the DBH nurse manager. I have over 82 nursing staff um, within our department that serve over nine clinics in all of San Bernardino County all the way up to Needles, Ontario, Colton, covering East, West Valley, and up the hill. So we take care of all our behavioral health clients in this area and make sure to serve the underserved.
0: Wow. I had no idea we employed so many nurses, 82. Yes. (laughs) Wow. That's great. So, Justina, my experience in the behavioral health system, I guess, has come from a family member, and this is what private insurance and my experience was, you know, going, making an appointment with a psychiatrist, checking in at the front desk, talking to the psychiatrist for five minutes, and then leaving with the prescription. Oh my there was no interaction with any medical staff along the way. So one of the reasons I wanted to interview you was so that you could explain to me and our listeners how nursing staff is involved with the work that we do and why it's so important. Of
1: course. So when I say nursing staff, it consists of
0: clinic assistants.
1: We also have licensed vocational nurses, licensed psychiatric technicians, and then registered nurses, and then the nurse supervisor staff. And so when a patient comes in, there is something we'll call it intake. And so they go through the therapist. They'll see case management, um, financial interviewers. They also do a part with the nurse where we get all their medical background, their medical history. There's a lot of things that can be a medical problem, not just necessarily a mental health problem. So, we have to cover both areas to make sure that the patient is receiving the care that they need. So, we do an assessment on the patient regarding their medical status to follow up to make sure we get that history. Also, the nurses in the clinic, we do a little bit of case management as well, right? And we do a lot of referrals, but we give medication. So, when patients come into our clinics, the people that give the medication are our nurses. We do vital signs and um, check up on the patient, their labs, and then uh, medicate them and make sure they have enough medication to last until their next appointment.
0: So medication is injections and or pills? Yes. So we don't give pills to the patient.
1: But what we do is we monitor. So there are some patients that require a little extra love. What we do is we get seven days worth of pills, medication delivered to us from the pharmacy. They'll come in every week to see us and we will go over their medication regimen to remind them how to take their medication. And they bring us their bubble pack of medication so that we can see they took it, you know, Monday at in the a.m., Monday in the p.m., Monday at night. So we can kind of follow through. So we're giving them the responsibility but with limited medications so they don't harm
0: themselves. When I started here at DBH, uh, I want to say like six years ago now, I was a media specialist and I was at our BHRC Mesa Clinic. Mm-hmm. And I was sent there to take some pictures to use like in in some collateral material. So I was outside with this big camera taking pictures. And this person comes up to me and says, hi, you know, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm taking pictures. And he's like, oh, that's interesting. And so we started a conversation and he said, yeah, I'm just here because I have an appointment today. And I said, oh, okay. You know, do you like your doctor? And he's like, yeah. He's like, I I just really don't like taking my medication. He's like, they always have to give me a shot. And I'm like, oh, you know, that's too bad. He's like, but it's okay because it helps me to feel better. And he said, before I was on my medication, I was married and my wife ended up leaving me because of my mental illness. And I felt like, like the smallest person in the world, you know, I felt so, so much sympathy for him. And then he said, but now that I'm on my medication, hopefully things can get better.
1: And that's what we do. I mean, and I think that's the reason that I'm in this field. We have a lot of patients that walk into our clinic, their life is in shambles. They just recently discharged from a hospital visit where they may have been there, you know, for three days or more and they just, they're trying to find themselves. They want to go to work like us. They want to enjoy family time and go to the park. They want to go grocery shopping. They want to do all of that stuff. And a lot of them are not able to do that until they come to see us. And we're able to get them in a regimen, on a schedule, medicated. And then, you know, a year later, they're like, hey, Tristina, you know, I'm working now. I got a new job. Right. And it's like, we're working with them and we're seeing all this growth with them and the next thing you know, they're bringing in their girlfriend and next thing you know, they're bringing in their child and next thing you know, they're getting married. And so we see the progression. And so when they don't show up to the clinic, a lot of what we do also is like reminder calls. Hey, John, why are you not here in the clinic today? You know, you're supposed to come for your shot. So a lot of it is follow up and letting them know that somebody cares.
0: Yeah, that's such a big deal. I, I agree with you as a from a department's perspective. Our staff really do care about the people that we serve, and especially I think nurses and doctors because um, both of your professions are highly sought after really anywhere in in the nation or in the world, right? You could pick and choose where you want to go. Right. And um get paid a lot of money, but you guys choose to serve here and we're so thankful for it. So in your experience, who do you think the our consumers love more than nurses or the psychiatrists.
1: Uh (laughs) You know, I'm going to say the nurses. (laughs) And, um, you know, the the psychiatrists would probably say different, but I say the nurses because we get to spend time with them. They don't feel that pressure. I think that when they're in front of the psychiatrist, they're like, okay, he's making Mm -hmm. decisions or she's making decisions and my medication regimen might change, you know, Mm -hmm. but with the nurse, it's a little more lax. And, we're in there. It's like we have to give them a shot. Sometimes it's like they have to pull their pants down a little or, you know, so we get a little bit closer with them. We have to do blood pressures and temperatures and weights. So it's more Mm hands-on. And so there's more of a connection with the patient when you're spending time, intimate time, you could say with that person. And so they feel a little bit closer to you to share their life stories, to share what's going on in their life. And with the psychiatrist, it's a little bit different. You know, they're sitting across from each other. There's not a lot of um, interaction physically anyways.
0: (laughs) I would agree with that. And I think sometimes maybe because they're MDs, they they speak a little bit different. So you feel like, you know, I don't know if I can relate to this person or if, you know, it's just a a different type of relationship. Definitely. Even when I go and see my doctors, I'm like, okay, get the nurse in here. (laughs) You and the nurse in the room. (laughs) Yes. So she can translate what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) I totally get
1: it. But we do have some amazing psychiatrists. And they really break it down. And they're personable. So when you get a team of psychiatrists and nurses like that, this is why our patients keep coming back to us.
0: Oh, absolutely. So speaking on that, I think your team's and every, really every team here, but since I'm talking with you, your teams really went above and beyond during the pandemic. So maybe you can share with our listeners some of the things that your teams did during the pandemic that you weren't anticipating ever having to do.
1: Definitely. So in conjunction with Dora Mejia, who is in charge of um, disaster and safety, we work together closely. I mean, we're almost besties now. Um, <laughs> we work together closely to make sure we provide it for our staff and our patients so we made sure that we created our own vaccination clinic so that our patients could come in and get vaccinated with their nurse that they love already (laughs) and they're comfortable with so they didn't have to deal with standing in long lines and feeling uncomfortable in big groups of people we created a, a safe space for them to come in and be vaccinated the nurses volunteered to come out of their regular duties in the clinic to do the vaccination clinic that was all on volunteer basis. And there was no days that I was short staffed. And then of course I wanted to participate it as well. So I also did vaccinations with our clients and then we let them bring in their families and their loved ones. So we provided services to our whole community to make sure that our behavioral health clients weren't left behind. Like um, a lot of times they are when it comes to behavioral health clients.
0: Yeah. I love that because I think a lot of times people think, well, you know, that's a public health thing, or that's a doctor thing, or they need to go to their primary care physician or something, you know, Mm -hmm. because that's what you would associate it with. So the fact that we were able to kind of shift so quickly and, and provide this additional service, I think was amazing. I agree. Do you happen to know how many vaccine clinics you guys participated in over the pandemic?
1: I'm not sure, but it was a year full of vaccine (laughs) vaccine clinics for sure. (laughs) We did so many, and we did different areas to make sure we covered all of our patients. So we were all the way up in Needles, California, which is four hours from our main clinic, making sure that those people that needed the services received them. So we just covered as much as we could. And as the need arose, we went to those areas to make sure they got what they needed.
0: And just so you know, Ashley and I went to Needles as well. So we're part of the team.
1: Yes, definitely. (laughs) And it was a drive.
0: (laughs) Tristina, can you share with us a story that you remember from the Vax clinics?
1: Sure. I won't share a specific story about a specific person because there were a couple people that um, I experienced this with, but I think it was the emotion and the thank yous. So we were at the Tay Center, which is one of our clinics over here in San Bernardino. And at the Tay Center, we had it was one of our first uh, vaccine clinics and it was packed. I mean, we had probably at least 60 people that came in to be vaccinated that day. We even had some of our psychiatrists come over to that building so they could see their patients getting vaccinated and tell them how proud they were. And all of a sudden, all the patients, they were waiting their 15 minutes after their vaccine for us to you know, observe them. They started clapping and saying how thankful they were to all the nurses. And the nurses started crying <laughs> because it was so emotional and it was sincere. You know, they just were like, we don't know where else we would have went to get the vaccine. We didn't know who was going to be available to us. And just knowing that we made a difference in the lives of our patients and that they were so thankful, more than anything, they were very thankful that we offered this service to them and that we made sure they were taken care of. I will never forget that day, ever.
0: So, Christina, maybe also you could share with us, just hearing your story and and the work that your teams do, there's someone who's listening and considering a career in the healthcare field. Maybe even nursing, could you share with them why they'd want to join that field with behavioral health? Definitely. First off, you
1: will never be jobless <laughs> <laughs> ever. Um, in this field, everyone needs health care, and everyone need, needs mental health care, including all of us. You know, there's always something that you would want to talk to someone about, or there's always a lesson to be learned. Um, in nursing, the thank yous knowing that you're coming to work doing something that's meaningful for not just you, but for the people that you're serving and the community you're serving. Part of the reason that I do what I do is I've lived here my whole life. I'm 43 years old, and I was raised in Fontana, Rialto area, San Bernardino. So everyone here to me, these are all my people. And I feel a responsibility to my community to make sure that I'm taking care of the people that I love and live around. And so when you feel like you want to do something meaningful and you feel like you want to do something not just for the money, but you want to do something that is going to make you feel good every single day when you go home, then nursing is that field. You can't go wrong. There's so many opportunities in nursing. You can be in leadership like myself. You can be hands-on doing patient care, you can do vaccines. You can counsel people. Nursing is just so broad that there's always a place You know, some people will say, Tristina, I really hate blood. Like, I just don't want to do it because I don't like blood. I don't know the last time I had to deal with blood. You know, (laughs) like there's some positions in nursing where you don't even have to touch, you know, blood or uh, poop or (laughs) anything else. So you just have to find your place in nursing. But if you care about people, then nursing definitely would be a career choice that you would love.
0: DBH nurse manager, Trasina Edwards, thank you so much for the work that you do. And thank you so much for speaking with us today.
1: Thank you. Thank you guys for the opportunity.
0: Being resilient and real also means practicing self-care, whether that means going on a hike, reading a book, or putting down our phones. So each episode will feature a DBH employee and share how they practice self-care in a segment we call Self-Care Corner.
2: Hi, everyone. My name is Jamisia Brown, and I am a staff analyst too with DBH Quality Management. To practice self-care, I really have begun focusing on eating intentionally. So really cutting back on unhealthy foods that were really just aggravating my digestive system and really focusing on um, remaining hydrated. Anyone who knows me lo- knows how much I love water. So that's definitely um, one of the top things that I do for self-care is staying hydrated. I also, during the quarantine, began walking at least about three to four days out the week, some days, even five days. I had already cut my hair off right before we started working from home. And just to support myself, I did a a walking challenge for the month of July, just a personal challenge. And to support myself in that challenge, I actually cut my hair even shorter. No excuses regarding, you know, working out or wanting to be bothered with my hair. Those are just a few of the things that I do for self-care, Lately, I've been doing um, a lot of reading, a lot of books focused on just, you know, building up a positive mindset, focusing on, um, you know, just my intentions and self-growth and self-development. Self-care is important because if you don't focus on yourself, important to yourself and keep yourself built up and functional, then you will be of no use to anyone else. So you can't be there um, 100% for your family, 100% for your clients. 100% for the department or for the public that we serve. So I really have found that I have to be very intentional in making sure that I am feeling my best looking my best and really just showing up as my best self for myself first, for my family, and then for my work and my coworkers. I think everyone should very intentionally focus on at least one thing that they can do for themselves every single day even if it's just five minutes to listen to your favorite song or 10 minutes to go on a quick walk whatever it is that is 100% solely for yourself take some time every single day to do it
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of Resilient and Real. If you'd like to share your story of resiliency, please send us an email at dbh-publicrelations at dbh.sbcounty.gov. And don't forget to follow us on social media to stay updated on all things DBH. Until next time, live life resilient and real.